Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Woo! Happy Tuesday, everybody. If you notice some smoke here on our stream, on the video, you're going to know why in a second. I'll post something for all you out there if you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. That's that it? Mixer just said forget it. Yeah. Yeah. They're done with us. But yeah, one of those platforms. Almost, it's a little smoky in here right now. Yeah, I might have. Bur- yeah, it was close. Almost burnt down the studio, man, but you better work. It was worth it. Why? Because sometimes you got to produce the content, Coos. Content is king, um, as I'm learning in this game. So yeah, we're going to post something here in a second. Pittsburgh Steelers, what is going on with you guys right now? All of a sudden, my bet with Brent Martin looking a little more peachy when I said that Baker Mayfield was going to be the better quarterback this year, better than Ben Roethlisberger. And let's be honest, I was nervous in the first part of the you know the season, right? Big Ben goes off, enter Mapletron, Smith Schuster dancing and doing his whole thing, uh, you know Johnson out there doing his thing, but don't sleep on Baker Mayfield. Don't sleep on those Cleveland Browns because we got a tight race right now in the AFC North. But let's stick to the main topic at hand here, right? And and let's stick to what everyone's talking about here in Jacksonville. Like, yeah, no one really cares about playoff seeding right now. We still got that Trevor Town hype. We're still all excited for Trevor Lawrence to come here. Now, if you're a Jaguars fan and you watched that Steelers-Bengals performance last night, does it make you a little nervous? Does it make you nervous from the fact that a team who was, let's be honest, the Cincinnati Bengals lose Joe Burrow, have their third string running back, uh, their second string running back in, have their third string quarterback in? Does it make you a little nervous with the Chicago Bears coming in here on Sunday? And I'll be honest with you, a smidge, maybe a five, maybe a 10%, but that's about it. Brent, how are we doing, man? You just doing some housekeeping over there? What's going on in here? Don't worry about it, man. You're going to find out later. It's all good. Little, little you, smoky did, in here. Did you did you do the Kyrie Irving? A little smoky in here. Ah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's up, man. <laughs> Is that what happened? We'll, we'll see what's up, man. A little smoky I just in here. Put two and two together. With yeah. Your, a little smile. Yeah, I'm like, man. I asked Kuz. I'm like, Kuz, did we just have a fire in here? Hey, so I'm gonna be honest. There's a lot of bad vibes in here, okay? Because I'm going to fantasy football championships. In case you didn't notice. Did you win? <laughs> Brent. Brent. Did I? W- Come on, man. Next question. What? It's fine. It's a little ash. You're gonna be okay. How's it going, by the I way? I feel a suspension coming on. Oh, for me? Yeah. For, for, for burning something in here? I wasn't smoking it. <laughs> I, I mean, was burning it. The whole it. entire hallway. Yeah. Like, it had to be cleansed. And I'm posting a video later. Don't worry about Have it. Have you told everybody yet you did that? Why? Because there's probably I don't people work like, for them. They're probably, like, calling... No, it's fine. If worst comes, stations hey, if, right if worst comes to worst, I left a pop tart in the, you know, in the, yeah, in, the, in, the in the oven for too long. It's not a big deal. Everybody relax. That's what I thought happened. Acting like I work for... I mean, the, the news station. They're great, by the way. I love those people, but I don't work for them. <laughs> uh, listen, you said it. Are you nervous, Cincinnati? Listen, don't be nervous, folks. Don't be nervous. Mm-hmm. The, Cincinnati's pretty good. Yeah. Cincinnati should be better than their record was. What were they at? 2-10-1 going into that game? or two? Correct. I think it was 2-10-1. Mm-hmm. And so they, they should be better than that. Mm-hmm. They, they had a better year than that. They had better players than that. They beat the Jags. Like, they were in a lot of games. Like, they're not as bad as the Jags. They really aren't. 
I know they had Ryan Finley playing quarterback. Actually played pretty well. They called a good game. Yeah. But no, he uh, looked good. I mean, he looked confident. He looked poised. And let's not forget this. The Steelers stink right now. Like if something's if, up with them. If if the Jags were to play this edition of the Steelers, they would probably play them pretty tight. You know, I know they got beat pretty good, but that was a good addition to the Steelers. This is not a good Steelers team right now. So I'll be honest with you. When you think of the Pittsburgh Steelers, what are they known for usually? Like you want to say their identity. Uh, I mean, hard, yeah, yeah. physical, win the trenches, all that stuff. Well, man, for the past six, seven weeks, they haven't really been able to run the ball, right? And that's always kind of been their brand. I don't get me wrong. They've had Antonio Brown. They've had Smith-Schuster. Like, they've had talented wide receivers. But I felt like their passing game has always been predicated by their running game. And for whatever reason, and I called this like four or five weeks ago, I'm like, you can't let Ben Roethlisberger pass for 50 times. It just, I don't care who you are, unless your name's Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to win ball games. So for whatever reason, that offensive line, if it's the running backs or combination of both, they can't run the ball. And if you can't run the ball right now, and especially come playoff time, you might get bounced out the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, last week we had Jason Fitz on. We're going to have Jason Fitz on again. But then yeah. he mentioned, like, the Steelers. That's kind of the team we brought up as maybe a fraud, yeah. you know, going into this postseason. And, and that's that's a harsh word. I, I don't mean, listen, they earned 11-0. Yeah. But they also, you kind of knew as they were 11-0, they're not like the Chiefs. Like, if the Chiefs were 11-0, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if they'll lose, yeah, right? Exactly. Heck, even if the Green Bay Packers were 11-0, you'd be like, I don't know if they'll lose. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers, even at 11-0, I don't know what their odds were at the time of winning yeah. the Super Bowl, but I don't believe they were a favorite. Like, they might have been top five, but they mm-hmm. weren't. There were teams above them, is my guess. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors mm-hmm. at, at times with with how they got to 11-0, in my opinion. But I think you're, I don't think you're wrong. Listen. Whether it's Connor or Snell or whatever, they haven't had a rhythm running the football, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, at all. And by the way, like so much so that they haven't been able to run the football, and like they have two guys make the Pro Bowl off their offensive line. Yeah, the Pro Bowl is like the Pro Bowl is a little bit of a scam. No, listen, right? I, I, and it's and we're going to talk about. Yeah, that, obviously but. it sucks because James Robinson didn't make it, and not the only one though. DeForest Buckner had an unbelievable hey, year. How didn't Robert Tunyon? Make the Pro Bowl. How did Evan Ingram make it over Robert Tunyon? I'll give you another one. Uh, who's who's it? Uh, is it C.J. Jackson, the corner of the Patriots? Yeah. He had eight picks. Yeah. He had eight interceptions. Yeah. He didn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. But the name recognition is Stephon Gilmore. Well, and, and Gilmore's and a good player. But listen, it is a popularity contest, no doubt. But when one tight end has pretty much the same amount of catches, has ten touchdowns. And the other the league, tight right? end, yeah, other tight end has one touchdown, and the tight end with one touchdown go. And listen, I'm I don't mean to hype up the Green Bay Packers here. You know how I feel about them. You know, you know. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate them, but you know, it gets kind of annoying with all the Packer fans back home. But with that being said, that guy definitely deserved to go to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it, it goes to show you, Evan Ingram's more of the household name. All right, I'm sure he's. But he's on more a team that's not even 500. So like, you could make that argument against Ingram as well. So yeah, the Pro Bowl is. Uh, it really is a scam. No, listen, I I say this, um, and but I would say Calais made the Pro Bowl, and I'm and so it benefits him and good for him. I hope he keeps adding to that resume. And I don't care in this instance. I'll say go ahead, make that Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Keep giving him. I hope he goes to Canton, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. We're biased. I love Calais, but he shouldn't have made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. In four sacks. Mm-hmm. The Forrest Buckner is putting on a show and didn't make the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. So you could argue Calais shouldn't have made the Pro Bowl maybe even last year. Like he was good, but and, and actually against the run he was a lot better. He wasn't as dominant in the in the pass game. So it is that kind of award, and, and sometimes it benefits 
you know, certain once you're in, it's like you're in. And, and yeah. you know, James Robinson obviously doesn't get in, and we have a big beef. I do appreciate Chris Thompson today uh, coming out and, or, and last night. I mean, he can't let it go. Like he is yeah, so his mad. His entire team should feel his yeah. offensive linemen should say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some people, I, I think it was Luke Bowenko and others that have said even like a guy like Linder gets overlooked. Like he he is as good, if not better, than those other. The problem with Linder is he can't stay healthy, and on top of that, you're playing for a bad team, yeah. and so you're not going to get the notoriety. And this year, unfortunately for the Pro Bowl guys. There will be less people that make the Pro Bowl than ever before because yeah, there are no replacements. In. There's no alternates. Yeah, I guess, like, listen, you shouldn't put too much stake in the Pro Bowl if you're a fan, right? Because it is a popularity contest. How many times do you play on primetime television? Well, that can affect it, right? Like, it's not even a stats-driven award. Um you know, a percentage of it is the players voting, but like that's even corrupt. I've talked about that before. So at the end of the day, you don't put too much stock into that. Now, when you put stock into the all pro and things like that, obviously. But the problem with the whole Pro Bowl thing is sometimes in contracts, there's escalators where if you make a Pro Bowl, you get like a bonus check. Or if you're trying to, True. you know, do a new contract, for yes. instance, like when James Robinson's contract ups in, in four years, whatever it's going to be, or maybe, the, you know, in three years, whatever the case may be. Well, Anytime you can point to and say, well, I've been to the Pro Bowl, that helps out, right? So now you're messing up players' money. So I do have an issue with that. Like, I understand. It's never going to be perfect. That's the world that we live in. So be it. But when you're messing up players' money, like, what, players deserve bonuses. Players deserve to get paid if they're playing at a very high level. James Robinson, I think, was playing at a very high level. Obviously, Robert Tunyon was playing at the highest of high levels. Like, he's probably going to be an all-pro, but he doesn't make the Pro Bowl. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a shame. It's too bad uh, that happens. Back to we got onto the Pro Bowl a little bit, mm-hmm. but back to Cincinnati. Um, Jags fan is scarred, mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. Mm-hmm. Should they? Uh, how nervous should they be given the fact that Jets did win? Uh, the Bengals did just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and again, I think it's a little bit different with with Cincy and Pittsburgh. I mean, will this be like the most nervous Jags fan has been watching a football game like in a long time? Uh, like, I don't I, I mean, this might remind you of like the playoffs of of 17. Mm. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to be depending on how everything shakes out. I may be more nervous that last week um, if I'm cheering for them to obviously lose. You know, when you see this Bears team right now, like, for instance, all right, the Steelers. I thought it was a one-off. I thought they're going to have one bad game, they were going to rebound, and they were going to be okay. Obviously, they pay the bills, and now it's kind of spiraling out of control after you, you get beat by the Bengals. So it wasn't a one-off. It's snowballing. There's problems right now with that team. You got Juju Smith-Schuster dancing in midfield. Tomlin's going to address that. Like, not everybody right now. And by the way, I don't, I don't care about Smith-Schuster dancing. Like, go have fun, man. You're like... 18 years old, go be a kid. I don't care. What's up with all the TikTok stuff with him? Like, the TikTok in, stuff went crazy. Brent, is, that because, is that where he puts it all? Well, yeah, he's like 16 years old. That's, that's, uh, what, that's what the kids are doing. Brent, hey, you know what? It's not for you, and it's not for me not either. For me. It's not for me. It might be for Coos. That's for but Coos. It, it ain't for us, though. But I think right now he you guys do a lot of those on TikTok. He does? Yeah, is that yeah. where it ends up? Is that why I kept seeing the TikTok stuff? Yep. Okay. So, but I think you have a Bears team right now. Um, you know, their past two games, they beat Houston 36-7 to and then go to Minnesota and beat them 33-27. to Putting up a lot of points right now. You have confidence in their offense. I think you have confidence in Mitch Trubisky. 
And you still have their defense, which is kind of their brand. Right now, it's not maybe getting as home as much you, as you want to see if you're a Jaguars fan, but you still have Cleo Mack. You still have a lot of great players on that defense. So I wouldn't be too worried because I think right now the Bears are peaking at the right time as opposed to the Steelers, who are obviously just spiraling out of control at the wrong time. Yeah, I I think there's reason to be nervous if you're Jags fan because Chicago seems like they can throw up all over themselves sometimes. <laughs> I like that. I mean, they I know, do, that's, right? a, that's, a, that's a good visual, I mean, yeah. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is I, – I don't know if he's this or if he's going to go back to be the guy he's been half of his career where he can't even complete a forward pass, it looks mm-hmm. like, at times. Nagy, is he coaching for his job? Is he in sync with his quarterback right now? Is there a little momentum that it looks like? Or is he going to back to, I can't even call a drive? Yeah. You know, because I'm an offensive guy, but I couldn't for the last year and a half, quite frankly, get the offense to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they going to double doink a kick here in Jacksonville? Uh, are they going to miss something that's big in just Chicago? You know, they kind of feel like, you know, ever since the Cubs won the World Series, the Bears have taken over the cursed nature of Chicago. <laughs> you know, yeah, so man. it's kind of like it's they make you nervous more than the Jags make you nervous. Listen, on paper, the Jags are going to lose this game. They're they're underdogs. They're not playing good football, mm-hmm. even when they play really good football. Like they they are the the Minnesota Vikings were not are not a great team. They're really not. The Jags outplayed the Minnesota Vikings that entire game, in my opinion, and still lost in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and big reason why the turnovers. So, I mean, Jags almost have to play. You think about the one game the Jags won. I understand it was Indy back. It was a good team, and it's back in the early part of the season. Mm-hmm. But they almost played a perfect game offensively. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew was 19 of 20. Mm-hmm. Right. They yeah. controlled the clock. They were super efficient. They made a couple of turnovers. They won that part of the b- battle. I mean, it was a, I know it wasn't a perfect game because their defense still kind of looked the sometimes, but it was for this edition of the Jags. It was about a perfect game and they still only won by a touch. Philip Rivers was going down until he got turned it over again. Yeah. So. See, I, I mean, that's how good the Jags have to. And by the way, that was when the Jags had a lot of players that were healthy. <laughs> you know, yeah. so and that was when Gardner Minshew was playing well. Yeah, but at the end of the day, though, and you look at this Bears team right now, this isn't like the Rams Jets game, because I feel like the Rams are comfortable of where they stood in that division, right? And they're so comfortable. They're still probably gonna go to the playoffs, but it's gonna be a little harder for them now to maybe win that division. The Steelers, the same thing. Like the, the Steelers have been comfortable. Like we're talking about them going undefeated, and now you know they've lost. Three in a row, essentially. But, like, that's the thing. Like, they were comfortable, right? Like, we're playing the Bengals. Not a big deal. The Bears can't afford to think like that's that. That's a good point. Because the Bears have to win this game. If they do not win this game, then the door is closed on going to the playoffs. Now, I'm not sure, like, what the chances are of them even going to the playoffs. I'm sure it's pretty slim. A lot of things have to happen. But with that being said, the Chicago Bears are entering TIA Bank Field as a playoff contender, possibly, if they win. So there is no tomorrow for the Chicago Bears. So I expect them to throw the entire kitchen sink, to not take the Jaguars lightly, to get a little extra study time in the film sessions, and for the coaches to kind of exert themselves a little more because this is a must-win game for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I think uh, the Jags are so fortunate they're getting this edition of Chicago. I mean, that's at least in. (laughs) <laughs> Jags are not fortunate in terms of the locker room. Mm-hmm. Jags fans are fortunate. They're getting this edition of uh, the Chicago Bears. It's just the way it is. And, you know, I'm asking uh, on social media now, 
this is the most nervous you've been watching a football game since when? Mm. And uh, Matthew Real MBB says 2007 playoff game at Pittsburgh. That's interesting. You weren't as nervous in the 2017. My guess is maybe not as nervous those times because the expectation, it was kind of like gravy, right? They yeah. won for the first time in a while. They were 10-6. and six. They won the AFC South. Uh, they beat Buffalo, and you're kind of like, okay, I don't know how far this is going to go. Then you beat Pittsburgh. Like, oh, man, I mean, hey, listen, we're going to run into the Patriots and probably lose. But that was a lot of fun, right? Yeah. That could have been the mentality. But then Bold City Jags says fourth quarter of the 2017 AFC Championship game. I hope we don't blow this one, too. And that is it. Like, yeah. Listen, I, I could feel that. I, I could feel that with 12 minutes to go in the game when the Jags are up on New England that there was a nervous excitement. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is right now in Jacksonville. That's real. Like, you can sit here. I, I, I said to somebody else just earlier today, I said, this is real. Like, it's real excitement. It's re- it's genuine excitement because people understand the scope of what could go on. Like we put in the title today, Trevor Lawrence fever. That's a real thing. Like that's not just like, hey, let's try to be funny here. Mm. That is a sincere, real thing. Like beyond the should they lose or will they lose or all this stuff. If the season ended today, this place would have Jags fever, Trevor Lawrence fever have a buzz to it. Mm-hmm. Now we have to wait for that because there's a lot that could still happen. But that's real here a couple of days after Sunday still. And and I don't think I'm making that up. Like, that's not, I'm not fabricating that. I think people are smart enough in Jacksonville to know, one, I'm sick of this. Mm-hmm. Two, that guy's damn good. And three, that guy's not just going to be a football player here. That is something we have not had in Jacksonville. That is a face of the city face of the franchise that is our chance our chance at patrick mahomes that's our chance at lamar jackson that's our chance at russell wilson that's our chance at deshaun watson and what he's become and be honest with it deshaun watson i don't even think that impact right away because people were still unsure whether he was going to be good where he was picked and jj watt was there mm. but this is our chance at andrew luck you know and once again this guy's going to lead us the way peyton manning did so uh, I think people are smart enough to know that. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, nervous excitement going on over the next couple of Sundays and getting to Sunday. Like right now, you think getting to Christmas is a big deal for kids? <coughs> Jags fans can't wait to get to Monday. Mm. They they can't wait till Sunday night at 4.05 and hopefully they see a, uh, an L. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think that's real. I don't think we're making that up. I don't think we're overblowing it. I don't think we're being dramatic about it. I think Jack, it's been that bad in Jacksonville, man. And, and the one thing I'm a little nervous about is what this place would look like and sound like and feel like on Sunday night into Monday if they do beat the Chicago Bears. Oof. I mean, that is a gut punch that I don't even know if we're ready to take. So, but, gonna, I, uh, but I also uh, say this. I, I said this to somebody on social media today. I said, hey. I'm not going to think that way. The Jags right now are in the driver's seat. And we can talk boisterously if we want about, I hope the Jags lose or whatever we want. I just feel like right now, for the next six days and really after Sunday, Mm. the idea of Trevor Lawrence potentially changing this franchise and city and everything else and the vibe around here, I say we enjoy that part of it. you got a Christmas week that it's worth at least dreaming of what it could look like. No, I mean, that's that's exactly where I'm at right now. Like, that's why, I mean, I'm excited because right now where the Jaguars stand, they're getting Trevor Lawrence. 
Now, can it change? Absolutely. And if it does change, then it is what it is. But I'm definitely going to live in the moment and, and enjoy the hype and enjoy the intrigue. And if something else happens, hey, I'll have to adjust. Yeah, Jack Stan says January 21st, 2018. I think that's the AFC Championship game. Mm. And uh, I think you're right. I think that would be the last time. That's the final 10 minutes. I'm not even sure there was this much nervous excitement going into that game as there is there was late in that game mm-hmm. with, oh, my gosh, this is right in the – the Jags might be going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this does feel like right now. The Jags might be good for the next 5, 10, 15 years if they land this guy. Mm-hmm. I get it, Jacksonville. I get it. I mean, I feel you. Mm. You feel me? Delvin I'm also going to feel, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to feel when they get a new coach and a new GM as well. I mean, that's, that's important as well. Hey, I got a question. Louis Riddick supposedly, uh, reportedly interviewing yeah. today for the Jags GM job. Yeah. What do you think about Louis Riddick? And I have another question. Who's interviewing him? <laughs> like, who's making the call? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll discuss it next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Um, well, I don't think anybody uh, that plays this game uh, in, in, at any level, um, you know, at any position, I should say, uh, whether it's week one or week 16, feels 100%. So, uh, no, I would say that I don't feel 100%, but um, nobody does right now. I don't either. I feel fat, kind of, <laughs> the last couple of weeks, to be honest. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. And oh. my neck still hurts from putting people on my shoulders. Literally doing J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Carrying the team. Did you hear the Christmas carol yesterday? I heard it, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. You you showed up. Pulled it off. You showed up. You pulled it off, yeah. You pulled it off. Did That's it. it. You did it. This isn't you like a... It. This isn't ah, boasting. Pulled it off. You did it. You did it. No, you, you did it. Pulled, pulled it, it off. off. Pulled it off, and, it is, and you did it. It's about the same to me. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I had people You're sending there. that to me, by the way. Yeah, you oh, should. Yeah. Man, my friends like that, man. I mean, it's got like uh, 40,000 hey, views hey, hey. on uh, social media. Flex. Yeah, little, little it's bit of flex. kind of gone. Flex. It's been a big hit on, on the flex. Action News Jack's Facebook page. Why don't you endorse it then, man? You should got a sponsorship for that thing. I can't. Uh, I'd have to black out the other guy. Oh. I got you. What about a, doing put, that? Put today? a square sponsorship over Yeah, just put it over him. <laughs> yes. Just like green. Yeah, you can do something with that. Yeah, yeah, man. We might be playing that today anyway. We might have to do it because we're going to find that. No. I don't care. What did I say? Told you it was gonna happen. There were there were some there were some situations going on before you got in here yep. because of the singing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Is that combo. gonna play right into that? It, eh? Let's just see how it unfolds, man. Let's let's let the universe unfold how it's supposed to unfold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, Howie Kendrick uh, retired uh, after a really nice and underrated uh, Major League Baseball career from West Nassau, of course. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. In a bit, and still was playing pretty good baseball down the stretch of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a wonderful career for uh, Howie Kendrick and, and really underrated. Again, I don't know if he gets viewed around here as well as he should. I remember talking about it like that when he won a World Series with the Nationals. Um, so uh, good for Howie Kendrick and, and uh, congrats on a big time career. We'll talk a little bit more about him in, in just a bit. Uh, Lewis Riddick. Mm-hmm. Reportedly, uh, and I think reported enough where. 
he's interviewing today for the Jags GM job. He's interviewed with the Lions and also the Texans uh, in between Monday night football <laughs> um, stints yeah. and, and calling the guy games. stays busy. And by the way, I like Lewis Riddick on, on TV. I do. I think he's uh, sharp and, and good and all those things. So... I don't know if that makes him a good GM, by the way. When you know, my favorite line, I think I told you this last week, is like, "Hey, he's going. He's probably a great communicator." Well, he's a great communicator in, with a TV. I don't sure, know. I don't yeah. know. He's a great communicator in a building. Like, yeah. I have no idea. Maybe he is. That might make him one, and hopefully, it does. But mm-hmm. I just don't know that. I don't think the two are related mm-hmm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to be a little careful there. But uh, again, we have a lot. This this GM stuff is tricky because what makes a good GM is a fair question. Like, what do we know about what makes a good GM? We can say in hindsight what makes a good GM. But I don't know the qualities Lewis Riddick has to check off to say, I think that guy's going to be a good GM. And if you watch Twitter and social media, and especially the Jags Twitter, you know, some people are like, I love it. Yeah. Other people are like, not a chance. <laughs> don't even think about it. Yeah. And I, I wonder a little bit why there's such a polarizing, you know, I mean, I guess that's the nature of the world we live in today Mm -hmm. but i don't do we know enough to have that strong of an opinion on lewis riddick with oh i love that guy man that'd be a great hire great hire no way don't bring that guy around i mean there's no way he would make the right moves like how do you know that like how how can you already have developed that big of an opinion on lewis riddick as a gm so uh, i think when you're evaluating gms two things come into play here Number one, it's the name, right? Like, Lewis Riddick has a big name. You see him all over ESPN. You see him calling the game. So, like, he, he kind of has a face already, right? So people know the name Lewis Riddick, and he's a very eloquent speaker. And it's almost like the president effect, where, like, if you're watching politics and you're watching a debate, usually you're more inclined, and I get it, it's Democrat-Republicans, they're always tied to the side, but usually you're more inclined to the better speaker, right? That's just the way it is. So, like, when people see Lewis Riddick, it's like, well, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, He can get his point across to the audience and all that stuff, so that helps out. And then the other thing that people go off of is your track record, obviously, in terms of a GM. Now, last year... I believe, or two years ago, when this would have been last year, for the NFL draft, if you recall, who Lewis Riddick, um, his favorite quarterback was of that draft class of 2019, he loved Dwayne Haskins. He was all about Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, saying I think that, that's the tweet we kept getting. Sure. Yeah. Sa- saying that Dwayne Haskins was the best quarterback of that 2019 draft class. Now, I can throw Kyler Murray at you. I can throw Josh Allen at you. And heck, if I mean, if I even have to, which... I very well could. Um, who's the other guy that was in that class? I'm, I'm drawing a blank of it. Oh, uh, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke you can throw up there. And your boy Daniel Jones, that's not his year. So we're good there. You're lucky. But with that being said, there's other quarterbacks that are better than Dwayne Haskins. So people want to pull out the receipts and say, we're not buying into that narrative. Right? Well, that's one mistake that he's made. Now, whether or not he makes those mistakes going forward with the Jacksonville Jaguars, let's be honest. If you have Trevor Lawrence, you're taking Trevor Lawrence. Simple as that. But people want to pull out the receipt and say Dwayne Haskins because, well, look at how Dwayne Haskins is playing right now. Yeah, and um, we'll talk a little more Dwayne Haskins in a bit, actually. <laughs> as we should, <laughs> man. a different standpoint. Yeah. But you know, Big Cat Country did a poll, and I'm looking at it right now. And uh, I don't know. I don't even know when this poll. I think it was just today. But they have 
39% out of like 520 votes, 39% say yes, they would like to hire Lewis Riddick. 24% say no, and 37% say unsure. And to be honest with you, folks, I think you should probably land in the unsure pile. I, I just don't – again, I don't know how you can have a, a steadfast, hardcore, whoa, opinion of Lewis Riddick one way or another. Uh, so I, – I, I just think it's a hard thing to answer. Like, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know. Do you look at Mike Mayock? Well, I don't even really look at Lewis Riddick like I look at Mike Mayock or Daniel Jeremiah. You know the impressive thing about Mayock? So Mayock starts, starts doing TV, mm-hmm. and, and so he becomes a bit of a name. But the impressive part about Mayock is if you went, which we did often, go to the Senior Bowl. If you go to the NFL um, draft, he would be at those places, right? And you would be from, hey, it's Brent from Jacksonville. Mike, got a question about so-and-so. Uh, and then it's so-and-so from Seattle and all these reporters, right? And and he does these conference calls, like pre-draft. Mm-hmm. And he knows, like, every player on the board in these rooms. Like, he's getting tested on all these players, and he has an answer. Now, some will be honest, be like, listen, I don't know as much about that guy. or But now Daniel Jeremiah does that, right? So he's scouting the college game. And he's scouring through all these notes and players and watching film and doing work on all these guys. And not everybody, because even he didn't know. I think uh, when Jags picked Quincy Williams, he, he didn't have video. I think I think Jeremiah was one of those guys that didn't even have the video. Like, uh, where'd this guy come from? Sure. Uh, and ESPN was the same, so it wasn't just him. But my point being, Lewis Riddick has been analyzing the NFL, and now he's analyzing the NFL on Monday Night Football. But has does he know the college game in and out, you know, in terms of what's available to be your next GM? Has he been doing that kind of homework? And maybe we just don't see it and know it because he's not asked to do it uh, in his uh, TV gig. You know what I mean? Well, no, no. I mean, listen, like, he started out as like he was in the scouting department, was he not? Oh, no, no. I understand he yeah. used to do it. I'm talking yeah. about like right well, now. Does he have a pulse? Like if he were to be hired, does he have a pulse of what is available in in college football right now at all these positions the way these other guys have been entrenched in it. Listen, I think that obviously been out the game for a while. I think he's been out the game for eight years doing the analyst gig. So you may not have your finger on the pulse, but that's why you hire people around you that have their finger on the pulse. You you hire the right people. They in turn get that information to you and you're good to go. What yeah, yeah. would what you know would kind of raise the red flag for me a little bit about Lewis Riddick is the fact that he's been out of the game for eight years. Right? Like he hasn't been in an NFL yeah, locker room uh, around yeah. that, you know, that philosophy and all like all the family stuff in and, eight and years. And we're a big believer that the NFL has changed in the last seven well, or eight yeah, years. Yeah, and what I was gonna <laughs> say is like listen, I've been out the game for five, six years and I can't believe how different it is. He's been out of the game longer. And this is a guy who's kind of looked at it from the outside in in a in a pro personnel standpoint. So, yes, the game has changed. The modern era, era NFL player has shifted. So when you go through all those things, you have to ask yourself one of the most important questions is is that can you back uh, a culture? Can Do you have the vision to put these guys up for success? Because right now you haven't been those locker rooms. Like You, you followed it. And, and, and you analyzed it, and you've seen it from afar, but you haven't been in there right now. So it begs the question, does he still have the feel of a locker room? Because if you're a GM, and keep in mind, the coaches create the culture, 
But if you're the GM, you still have to have your finger on the pulse of what a locker room is. Well, we're getting some of those old tweets, <laughs> old sure. takes exposed yeah, on Lewis Riddick. And yeah. one of them was the Haskins thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I and, remember and it. Yeah. He liked Mayfield, of course. Uh, my buddy Mark Spencer telling me he liked Baker Mayfield. So there was... You know, maybe that works out, and it is working out. Maker Mayfield's playing really well. Uh, he had this to say about Bortles, though. Thanks, Real MVB, Uh-oh. for pulling this up. People are doing the research. Yeah, they are. Field vision, pocket awareness, movement, arm strength, anticipation, accuracy. He has it all. Needs to continue to be consistent. Somebody asks him about something. Uh, like they say, how will potentially Yeldon impact Bortles Jacks this week since Falcons defense has been more vulnerable on the ground? Riddick says, we'll help, actually. They're not Robinson more explosive and opens up offense even more. Bortles and Allen brothers, bad matchup for Falcons. I don't know how that game turned out. So that's just a couple of takes. But mm-hmm. so they, the idea for, for Jags fans, so I, I get you here, is that he endorsed a guy like Bortles and he endorses a guy like Haskins, and that hasn't come to fruition. Yeah. I guess – you know, you could also say he endorses a guy like Baker Mayfield and likes him, and, and it has worked. No GM's going to hit every quarterback. You know, it's just not going to happen. So I, I don't know if this is enough of a sample size, mm-hmm. and, and obviously that turns people off when you Haskins and Bortles conversation. I understand that. My concerns are, are more like yours. Is he is he in tune enough with the locker room today, the way it sits? Mm-hmm. And is he in tune enough with the college game? Now, I don't think he would go to a, a, an interview without knowledge of the college players. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think he's done his work. I'm just saying I don't. I'm not as aware of that as I, I was with a guy like Mayock who came out of the booth, mm-hmm. and maybe a guy like Jeremiah who might come out of the booth someday. You know, so I'm not as aware of him doing that. Um, and so I think those would concern me a little bit uh, in a position where I've admittedly said we don't even know what the heck makes a good GM. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get to it yet, but. How is this process going? We're going to take a break, but like, who is seriously interviewing? What questions are they asking? Is this where Shad Khan is obvious, is super involved? Is he leaning on Tony? I think Mark Lamping was going to be a part of this process a bit, too. Like, who is running this? Is yeah. that concerning to you at all? Like, Do you have questions about that? This is an important stretch here. I mean, all I'm going to say is whoever is running these meetings, I hope there is some football savviness to it because I'm not going to hire somebody if I don't know the ins and outs of the game just on a whim. Like, you, you need to have your due diligence. You need to do your homework on these people. And you need to surround yourself with people that understand the game to hire the right guy, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So I'm bit. not sure who's... Yeah, how much of that is a concern? And, and um, let's talk more about it when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The Jags uh, quest for a new general manager, uh, potentially a new front office, new coaching staff. It's, it's kind of underway uh, if Lewis Riddick is, is being interviewed. So we'll talk about it more on ESPN 690. When you're trying to fix the quarterback position through the draft, obviously you have to be awful. You have to be up near the top. You have to be in one of the top two spots. Otherwise, you're in quarterback purgatory as far as the draft. And that's where New England will find itself. Now, how much flexibility will they have within the draft process to get to a position where maybe they could draft someone other than the top one or two prospects? Well, that remains to be seen. What does Bill think of Cam for maybe another year going forward? That remains to be seen. What does Bill think of the veteran free agent market or the veteran trade market? 
roster, given what could be a very interesting offseason with some veteran players and even some younger players who could potentially be on the trade block. So I think there's a number of different avenues that they could go veteran acquisition-wise. I just don't know if this is something where they can really address it through the draft unless they wind up mortgaging the future as far as giving up future draft picks. And that doesn't sound like Bill. That is Lewis Riddick. How, how recent was that? Do you know, Coos? That was a lot. Uh, that was on Greeny yesterday. Oh, that was just yesterday. Yeah. It's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And that's good insight. I mean, you know, he's, he kind of said what the quote there he said was, "You're in draft. You're in quarterback purgatory if you don't have the, one of the top two picks." Yeah. Sorry, not Greeny. It was uh, Keyshawn J. J. Will and Zubin. Okay. Um, it's kind of cool. You know, I was thinking about this for Lewis Riddick. There must be a lot going on in that guy's mind right now. Kind of neat, right? I yeah. mean, he's, he's doing all these shows with ESPN. He's contractually obligated to do that. Plus, he's doing the Monday Night Football stuff. But in between that, he's juggling, hey, I got to have my stuff together for interview A, interview B, and now oh. another one coming up. I guess the interview is Wednesday. I think I might have said today. I don't know what the right. heck day it is, but Wednesday. So, <laughs> But all that, and, and you probably can't give up. People are going to ask you about it. You got to talk a little bit about it, but you can't give up too much information. But then on top of that, whatever you do say will then probably be brought up. Seems like an interview, like right yeah. here, right? I mean, mm -hmm. so when he's talking about the QBs, you know what struck me about what he just said in that that quote? How many times did he say Bill? About mm -hmm. five? Yeah. What does Bill think? How will Bill do it? What will Bill do? What's Bill planning to do? Mm -hmm. Doesn't that show you that something that we've talked about? This is I, I am adamant about this, man. And the more I think about it and the more it's probably going to come to light. And again, we'll see what happens with Doug Marone. But we think Doug Marone will be coaching his last two football games. It is vital that the Jags have that guy, not Bill Belichick necessarily, but they have a guy that I can sit there and say, when I ask Lewis Riddick or Daniel Jeremiah or you name the analyst, and he says, well, it depends what X thinks, X thinks, X thinks. The only time, again, we've had that in Jacksonville since Shad Khan has owned the football team is Tom Coughlin. But at the same time, we didn't know if Tom was running practice. We didn't know if he was drafting players. We didn't know what else was going on. You need that body that everything everything works off that compass. Right? It's, it's, it starts right there. He's the compass of the whole organization. And the Jags just have not had that. We talk about communication, right? We talk about who's making the decisions. You know, what's the power structure? These are all questions we have, even though, to be honest with you, I feel like I've been pretty close to the Jags organization and I can't answer these questions. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think Joe Fan should be able to answer that question. Joe Fan in, in Swansea, Massachusetts, well, shout out to the hometown where mom lives. <laughs> I like it knows that Bill Belichick is making all those decisions. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think Robert Kraft has any influence? Well, I do think there's influence. I think there's input. There's always discussions. Mm -hmm. But I do think whether he actually makes the decision or not on a certain way or he gives somebody else the choice, it's all coming back to Bill Belichick. All the accountability comes back to Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. and, and Bill didn't let anybody make a decision without heavy influence. Mm -hmm. You know that. I can't say the same about what has transpired in Jacksonville. We ask the questions, is Tony Khan making any of these decisions? Is he involved? Is he still going to be involved? We have those questions. Is Shad Khan on the phone all the time? Yes, we know that. That was happening with Gus. That's happened with Doug. There's always constant communication. But what is he listening or is he talking? Is he saying, I want to do this or not? Mm -hmm. Tom Coughlin, how much was he 
on Leonard Fournette. Dave Caldwell, was he one pulling the trigger on that draft? Doug Marone, was he outlining practice in 2017 and 18? Or was Tom Coughlin? I mean, these are questions that seriously people wondered about. And and I just think it has to stop there. It has to start, has to stop asking those questions in Jacksonville and start with one person. And most likely, most of the time, that one figure is the coach, is the head coach. So we'll see what happens uh, with all of that. But uh, it was an interesting comment, I think, from from Lewis Riddick. Who is doing the interview? I think Mark Lamping, I think we've even been told Mark Lamping was going to be involved in this. Uh, Shad Khan, obviously. I would think Tony Khan, at the very least, is sitting in on this. I, just, I still don't know how involved he is, but I think he's sitting in on it. Mm-hmm. Then what? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell like you, man. Who? Like who? Like you just said before the break, with all due respect. I think Mark Lamping's a brilliant businessman, to be honest with you. I really do. I know I'm going to get pushback on that, but I think he's very good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the track record from MetLife to St. Louis shows that, too. I think Shad Khan's a brilliant businessman and a visionary and obviously knows how things work, hasn't had much success in this part of the business in terms of wins, but we extremely bright guy. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan is a smart guy. And he obviously has vision, and he's carrying it out with the wrestling stuff, and he's doing better with the, the Fulham stuff, and, and he's got his own analytics company and all that. Uh, these guys have great resumes. But I don't know if you can perform these interviews without having a football person in there in some capacity. No, I mean, you more than likely have some sort of football person in there in some capacity. But at the same time, like, listen – Lewis Riddick has spent a lot of time with organizations, you know, from a pro personnel standpoint. He's a former football player, so he understands the game. So to me, when you're interviewing him, in terms of, like, the football questions, like the the on-the-field stuff, there's nothing that he hasn't talked about before. So you're not going to fool him there. What needs to be cataloged and what needs to be talked about is, what goes into him selecting the talent? Like, what is his process on evaluating talent and then getting that talent to Jacksonville? That's what you need to know. It's not so much the on-field stuff. It's the talent standpoint. And, and that's, that's football stuff. Don't get it wrong. But it's a different subsection of what you're trying to get to. So, yes, you do need former football players or someone who's been around the game to hear what he has to say. Because if you're Tony Khan, if you're Shad Khan, even if you're Mark Lamping, and you're sitting in those meetings, and you're asking him, all right, well, what goes in the process of you drafting somebody? And Riddick breaks it down. Here's what I look for. Here's what I want to build. Like, do you really think those guys in that room I just mentioned would be like, makes sense. Yeah, let's go ahead and get them in here. So there's got to be some kind of, you know, whether it's like a middleman or something like that, but there's got to be somebody that understands the game of football that's going to be like, okay, I see where he's going here, or uh, I'm not so much into that. Yeah, like, listen, those three gentlemen that you mentioned that are certainly in the meeting, they can absorb the plan. They're going to ask Lewis Riddick and and other candidates for their plan, Mm -hmm. right? And they're going to say, what's the plan look like to get us here Mm -hmm. in three years, four years, whatever it might be? What's your plan? So that's fair. Like, Mm -hmm. I get it. But you're right. You have to have some kind of football, something in there. Is that why Detroit brought Spielman in? Yeah, absolutely. In that kind of role? Why not? Yeah, I mean, he understands the game. I mean, he's certainly sitting in there and helping hire the GM. Yeah, I mean, he's a. Well, I think that's why Detroit actually asked a lot of their former players their opinions about GMs and what they're looking for as well. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how super important that is. 
um, to, to have the football people in there, if you will. But I would imagine it has some level of importance. And I guess I've never asked that question or never Listen, dug deep enough to know who's in that room. It's pretty simple. If you're going to ask the guy football questions, you need people in that room that understand the game of football. In and out. What kind simple of questions would you ask the GM in an interview? Talk about it next on ESPN 690.